Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Take Lots with Alcohol. All right, new drummer in the house. Let's get that. Let's get that beat going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let it. Let him introduce himself to the audience. In the words of uh, Travis Barker himself, let the drummer have some, <laughs> or give the drummer some. I don't remember what his solo record was. Yeah, I never you know, it's something like that. But hey, how about uh, introducing ourselves to our audience? That I'm okay being with that idea. The audience of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. My name is Tim Crisp, and your name is... uh... Sorry, it's been a bit. Mm -hmm. It's been a bit since we've done this. True. David. There you go. Anthony. Correct. From... Across the city. Yes. I see you in your little room. Mm-hmm. You're not in my little room. No, we are not. We are not in the same room. We will not be in the Well, we haven't been in the same room for uh, seven weeks longer. Yep. Coming up on two months because... Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Well, and it's not even because of... Uh, I don't know if you've been following the news, hmm. but... I had a tour get canceled. That's yes. why we haven't seen each other for so long. It's because you we were, were going to be gone, uh, not straight six weeks, but essentially six weeks total. Correct. Essentially, yeah, we had to we had to plan in advance because I was going down to South by Southwest, uh, which ran into a bit of a hiccup, and then uh, and then you know what? It was a lot like they were saying it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. In uh, in the '60s, with communism, you know the dominoes. Yes. Yeah. Well, nobody, no, we didn't have our Vietnam, so all the dominoes fell. And now I'm at home, and you're at home, and I didn't We're go on tour. Home. We're all on tour. But the well, real tragedy is that I didn't go on tour. Yes, correct. You are the the biggest loser. I believe that's what the show is about. Yep. Yep. That's but. So nice to finally be acknowledged for what I am. Yes, the biggest loser. Um, <laughs> but we're back. Well, we did a Patreon. We should probably do another Patreon at some point, but I just haven't had a lot to talk about, um, which sounds counterintuitive. Uh, but yeah, not much has been going on. I haven't felt particularly <laughs> inspired. Oh, how are you doing? I mean, I'm fine. I'm. Uh, I was, we were in pre-pro talking about it and you know i started a new day job literally two weeks before lockdown happened here um so that's weird and very busy um which is good like i'm very thankful to be working um not everyone is uh able to do that so i'm genuinely quite appreciative of that fact however um the stress of like starting a new job and working a very busy day job in the midst of this doesn't really give me um the most motivation to continue to do things. And unfortunately I had uh, signed up to do a lot of things, some freelance projects, uh, helping out some friends with some stuff 
So really until about the last week, like I wasn't, I saw a lot of people posting about like, oh, I have all this free time. I'm watching all these movies. It's like, yeah, I would love that. I would love to be able to do that. Uh, and really only this past week have I actually had like time to kind of sit and chill a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. Like, obviously this is a big, scary bad thing i think that's uh, not um an unfair way to characterize what we're all kind of living through but i feel about as good as one can i'm just gonna try and treat it like as much of a mental break as i can uh for the time being but uh how are, how are you doing i'm doing pretty good over here um i've been keeping busy i've had some writing assignments come in uh, some freelance mm-hmm. stuff for the Chicago Reader that I've been uh, very thankful of having the opportunity to do that work. And uh, I got another podcast that has started up that now that you and I are back in sync, we tried um, the podcast that I'm referring to is a podcast that I started with Brennan Kelly of the Lawrence Arms. It is called road to the skeleton coast we are talking about Mm -hmm. one lawrence arms and the falcon and the broadways and the slapstick one lp per episode um breaking it down uh in long form and i'm just asking brendan tons of questions having a lot of fun uh just getting into some really really good interesting details on Lawrence Arm stuff and Brendan is also highly entertaining a very yes. fun person to sit across well we did we were sitting across the table from each other just like you and I used to uh-huh. sit across the table from one another I will say there's been uh, I've listened to every episode there's four so far um maybe five by the time this comes out I don't know what schedules are like um but there have been two moments where I've uh, it's been the, the interplay between you asking something and his response to something has been so funny that I've just had to like pause it because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's a good sign. And also as someone who, you know, has followed Brendan's assorted works for many, many years, I'm learning things I did not know about, which is kind of wild. That's good to hear. It's like it's one of those uh, one of those deals where I mean, you and I experienced this too, where we uh, we're talking about something that we know a lot about. You know a lot more than I do, but uh, yeah, there, there's that um, that sort of pressure that comes with wanting to do something where you're saying new things, asking new questions with an audience of people who know things very very extensively so anytime you're providing people with new information that's definitely a uh a thing to feel positive about yeah um so if you've not heard it for some reason i assume there is a large overlap between people who are interested in this podcast and people who'd be interested in that podcast so for some reason you've not heard about it go listen subscribe get into it the episodes are significantly longer than what we do here um so if you're in need of a deeper analysis about this kind of stuff that's gonna be your answer to that um i don't think we're gonna do any two hour and 56 minute episodes anytime soon but you know we are not because i'm not editing one of those 
one more no. of those each week. Um, but yeah, it was funny because um, you and I both planned very far in advance because I was going to be gone. Brendan and I also planned very far in advance because I was gone. And now we've reached the point where the episodes of that podcast that we had banked ran out, the episodes of this podcast that we had banked ran out, including the one that was supposed to air uh, that also referred to, hey, my new podcast with Brendan Kelly is happening right now. And it just felt, Mm -hmm. it was so funny listening back to that episode and trying to take out all of those moments yeah i'm sure um but now it's real so we're just doing it uh in real time again totally so that's good um yeah so i mean you've obviously got stuff going uh and now we're back we're here to talk about a song a song for the first time in a long time yes take lots with alcohol the third song on from here to infirmary and what are your thoughts about this one uh always been kind of up and down with this one admittedly um i think when i first heard it i kind of liked it and then kind of i don't know i I don't want to say got tired of it um but it was one that kind of fell out of favor for me on that record and then i will say that kind of came back around to it seeing them play it live like on the live at the metro dvd there's a version of it that was on that like warp tour dvd that i referenced in the radio episode i think both those performances of it are great and now um this this is actually a thing that i i can't like this is one of the few songs i can say this about them with where i think i prefer those live versions to the studio version and it's only because i feel like it's just a hair faster um, and I'm not one of those people who like always is like, oh, like they played so much faster live, da 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 da, like whatever. Sometimes I think the nuances can get lost. Um, but there's a certain pickup in those versions where it's like with Derek playing it, it just gives it a little extra pep in the step that gives the song a little more life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as a kid, I don't know, I thought the lyrics were kind of goofy. And then as I got older and was like, oh, this is about Dan going to therapy and like trying to fix himself, mm-hmm. kind of gained a new appreciation for it. I think there's some really cool turns of phrase in there that I like that aren't, it's all the ones that are kind of more oblique and not super on the nose, like about stains in the floor and shit like that. I think that's a really cool thing he's doing. Um, would I put this in like top tier Dan songs? No, but I would probably put it like Maybe just below that for me. Yeah, I think that the point that you make about the um, the tempo, I think is very on the nose um, with this one in particular because I, I'm i not sure what prompted me to go out of my way to listen to a few different live versions of it, but I did for this week. And yeah, I feel like that slight increase in pace really does give a new layer to the song and one that I like a lot more. I think that what you have here is a is an interaction between Dan and the type of style that Mike Fellamley is definitely like the, his strengths are shown in this pace which for sure are you know, more in line with the type of things that the Smoking Popes did, which were just a little bit slower. They have this tinge of punk energy, but by the time, especially by the time you get to Born to Quit, uh, Destination Failure, like, this is, he's making very mid-tempo 
uh, slightly loud power pop music. And for sure that, um, you know, that beat that he starts out with to open, like, I feel like Dan's vocal performance on this song does a lot to really utilize the space that Mike leaves in some of his hits. Like, yes. And I think that that's, it's an interesting spot for Dan because I think that really up until this point, there hasn't been a song where he has leaned so heavily into the fact that he does have a very unique and interesting singing voice. And he really seems to like accentuate some of those characteristics on this one, just in the way that he holds notes, like stay, you know, Mm -hmm. that's all, um, that's all fun to watch. Um, and yeah, it's like listening to this on the album. I don't feel like this song like makes any big revelations or stands out really from the rest of the material on this record. The live versions though do show like an added dimension to this just in those tempo changes. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's super granular to get into this, but like I feel like there's two things that really are benefited from those live versions that are kind of out there and I know there's a past live version, but I've never listened to those records in full because I was there, so whatever. Um, Big time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, the two things are, like, I feel like the... I like that weird phrase that Mike plays to open. I think it's really cool and interesting, and, like, that roll into it is super cool. But, yeah, when I A-B it, it is so minor. It's not like it's ramped up that much speed-wise, but that increase in tempo, I think, makes those fills like in between those cymbal hits in that beginning thing that he kind of revisits a lot smoother. Um, and I think it makes Matt's guitar part feel a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit on the recording version that feels a little herky jerky to me, like da na 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 and it just feels a lot cleaner and smoother on those live versions it it just feels more natural to like him not having to break his natural strumming pattern he's just kind of muting in between and i think that gives the song a real natural flow that when it's when it goes into the chorus on those versions it feels so much more effective to me Mm -hmm. like that chorus just hits a little better um because that ramp up feels more pronounced i have always just looked at this song as new guys here he's got this drum fill it seems uh, it seems like it's very much like composed around like mike's drumming and i don't think that Mm -hmm. there are any songs on the previous output that are um you know based so heavily around uh glenn's drumming no and i mean that's i think it's the difference here where like obviously i don't know how this song was written I'm sure it was written before that drum part existed Mm -hmm. and they kind of retrofitted it. But I think it's just how people, how drummers play with a riff, you know? And I think this is Mike's version of that where he's just really hitting those cymbal crashes. Mm -hmm. Whereas Glenn's version of that is doing big kind of chaotic rolls that end when they end, you know, it's two very different schools of thought. Um, And I think on the record, like when the first time I heard this record, it kind of comes ripping out of the gate. Like private eye is not particularly fast, but like has an aura to it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a great opener. 
And then Mr. Chainsaw is kind of a ripping, like, peppy, up-tempo one. And this one just kind of kicks in and is so different from what's happened before that, you know, like you've said many times as we've talked about Dan songs, this is Dan running counterpoint to what Matt's doing. But I think songwriting-wise and craft-wise, like, I think this is a great Matt Skiba guitar performance Hmm. um, where I think he's doing something that, like, he would kind of play with those, like, staccato riffs a lot. But this is the first one that feels like super major key, super cutting through everything. And he seems more content to let the vocals be the forefront. He's not doing a lot of octave chord leads. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of playing the song. And that's why it has always occupied this very unique space to me. Because it's like a song that feels really tailored to Mike. It feels like Matt is really content laying back. And I think you really see that at the end of the song where he's being super understated and I think serving the song very well. But it really is a showcase of, like you said, like Dan's unique voice from the first word of the song Mm. to the fact that, like, if we're going to be honest, his perspective following Matt's is it just feels like, okay, the adults in the room fixing his tie coming in to talk about, like, not just the difficulty of writing songs, but like the difficulty of like being a person who suffers from like mental health issues and also drinks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I just don't know. I don't know what it is about this song that to me, it doesn't really invite the same type of um, closeness that you get from a lot of this, the entirety of this band's catalog. It's just like, like the lyrics don't really have to, they don't have to be anything. And the fact that they are, and that if you do read into them, you like get something more from them. Um, it's, it's still, it feels like this song is just kind of just there for me. And it's always felt hmm. that way. And I know that that's like kind of an unspecific thing to say, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is about um, about this one that just seems to to just fill space compared to yeah. I mean, I can I can see that it, it's an interesting one because I feel like it's uh, to me there were always elements that uh, of it that I liked, and I think that's why I, it kind of fell away from me, and then I came back to it because I always love the uh, I don't want to see through my own eyes anymore. I think is a great mm-hmm. little phrase. I think there's some other ones that are like really strong. Um, and I think this has been an interesting one to see the evolution of, because I think in some of those live versions and when they used to play the song a little bit more, cause it's not like a set list staple at this point in their career is you could kind of always uh, chart Dan's personal trajectory with how he altered the lines in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like changing that to like, I don't want to see through my stoned eyes anymore and shit like that. Or like, you know, you could, I, I always found this one a little interesting because to me, and this is like a very, uh, probably too deep of a reading. And I think not at all what it's about. So I'm just going to acknowledge that up top. But I think this song always to me read, like he's a person who wanted to get better and grow and develop, which I think we've seen over the course of the past 20 years, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he struggled to do that in the confines of this band given where they were, how um, how much partying was probably happening, how much access he had to uh, 
drugs and booze and other assorted things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always felt like this is like the first kind of thing that you really start seeing a lot more of this, I would say, on the next two or three albums where he's really digging into himself and his own... uh, I, I, you know, what I think would one would call depression. Yeah, I think that it, that's a good read on it. It's an interesting kind of transition point to, um, you know, compare that compare that to the previous output, where every song on Maybe I'll Catch Fire is a very like driven narrative, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I lied my face off is just so heavy, and this one is like, it's. I think a little bit like lighter in the in the presentation. I think that I've um, kind of always just read this as a like, yeah, I stay up like too late and I party too sure. much and that's okay. Um, wish I didn't do it as much, but the compare compare that to something like you know she took him to the lake, which is so like forward and direct and this one is just like he's writing a song and maybe it doesn't have like the same sort of like prescient feeling to it but if you do read into it there are there are a lot of uh things that he's addressing directly they're just maybe not like laid out in quite the same way yeah i mean i think it's interesting because like you're you're kind of hitting on what i was going to bring up which is like from I lied my face off. I I'm gonna say everything prior to this record. Most of Dan's songs are about him feeling bad, but in terms of how it relates to another person. And I think this is the first song that really twists into like this is all about me. And I think he does it not in a super myopic and annoying way, but I think this is the record where he's really grappling with himself in a more pronounced way than maybe any other. Like when I think of, when I think of infirmary and I think of his songs, like the ones that always jump out are like this, um, I'm dying tomorrow and uh, crawl. Mm -hmm. And it seems like all of those songs are him having this really tortured relationship with him realizing that he might be the problem. And I think it's such a interesting thing because on good morning, that's like his like, I'm a love record and like crimson is kind of all over the place. And I think only on the last couple of recent releases, has he written songs where he's more kind of like flirting with those ideas of mental health and stuff. So this is like almost like really early. And I think that's why it can feel and probably has at points for me felt so odd because it is so specific to him. I feel mm-hmm. um, unlike the earlier stuff, which I think has this very, you can kind of retrofit those onto whatever relationship thing you're having. This is so like, I feel weird in my own skin and he's just kind of in that. And I think those types of songs can be hard to really grab onto even when you're in those moments, because it's, it's really his experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, um, there's maybe just, uh, a little bit too, um, a little bit extra um, element of like certain uh, lack of clarity to what he's, how he's presenting it. It's like, is mm-hmm. this all, um, is this all something that you're unhappy that you're doing, or is this like the pattern of your life and it's like 
more a uh like bit of celebration that you're mm-hmm. that you have towards it you know what i mean um yeah i think that the um to me the presentation is always just like ah, i'm a fucking mess i don't know um mm-hmm. and and that you know maybe that's a unfair or surface level reading of it but i think that it's prevented me from connecting to it too specifically just because it's yeah just not i'm not sure like where he's at exactly yeah i will say that i think the end of this song lyrically has always kind of hurt the song for me and that's always kind of the big knock i've had against it is i really like the musical idea they're playing with there like where it kind of pulls back a little bit i think matt's playing is really great there um and i really like the first part of the phrase uh telling myself these jokes are so long but mm-hmm. the i'm a has-been who's been huckled on the stage it's it almost goes back to what i was saying about the earlier material which i obviously love we've been through that um but it feels a little like needlessly self-deprecating yeah um where i think so much of this song is about him trying to take this step and feeling weird and not fully committal and Maybe it's just the frustrating part of that lack of narrative cohesion, but it feels like then he's like trying to just take a step back from it. Like he feels like he's revealed too much. So he's getting, you know, it's like how people like laugh at their own jokes or like, will always throw that like self-deprecative thing at the end Mm -hmm. of a phrase just to like safeguard themselves. And I feel like this song has that element more than maybe any other where he's like trying to be revealing and trying to come forward and trying to talk about this. And then at the end is like, Eh, no yeah you know and it's it's kind of an odd read yeah that that is an interesting point it's funny to think about that and to think about like mr chainsaw where like matt feels the need to tie it up the way that he does with that last part and yeah dan has this uh this framing that he kind of retrofits to everything else it's like you can, uh, and they they uh, they learn this lesson quickly. Um, is mm-hmm. you don't have to spell everything out, and you know you can. I think Dan grows very comfortable with talking about himself in a very straightforward and honest, revealing way, and in a way that's not like, yeah, it's not like he's diminishing himself in order to get there. Yeah, I mean. Now that you say that, like this record, it's almost like a lot of these songs have like weird postscripts on them where it's like the end of Mr. Chainsaw, the end of this one, I would say even the end of Crawl, I'll kind of have these moments of like, here's what the song's about. Like not, I mean, Mr. Chainsaw very directly, but I feel like this one and, you know, Crawl kind of both have that. And I think it's interesting because I feel like this song and then blue carolina have this interesting thing where dan's kind of like dancing around the idea of like imposter syndrome and feeling like he's not good enough to be where he is that i've always found really interesting like blue carolina having the like all my favorite singers all yeah, stole yeah. of all of my mm-hmm. best lines which is one of his it's a yeah, best it's incredible. so good um like i remember hearing that for the first time and the way it's presented in that song you're just like fuck yeah. that's great um, and I think this is kind of in that same spirit where there's a little bit of like, you know, th- this record is spelling it out to a degree where it's like private eye is about being a private eye. You're dead is about uh-huh. someone who died, yeah, you yeah. know, like, and I like those songs a lot, but like, this is maybe their least, like 
th- there's no extra reading. It's just kind of like, here are the songs. This is what they are about. It's a really interesting. Yeah, moment. I think the the big difference um, between Crawl and and what you're saying here on this record is the fact that that I don't know who your boyfriend is comes from fucking out of nowhere. And it's such a like, well, wait, hold up. Like that is a like pointedly direct line that doesn't seem to have any, like you don't allude to that in any way. And so there's like a fascination to, to that line. But I really do like what you're saying about the imposter syndrome and, you know, hello, what the hell am I doing here? It's a really interesting context to think about the fact that this is the guy who sings on one third of the Alkaline Trio songs. Mm -hmm. And even though he's got the title song on two of the releases, I mean, this is he's still like second to Matt in this band and still and still like a new Mm -hmm. guy, you know, like in the grand scheme. of Yeah. So it is interesting to. I mean, that certainly has a weight that he's probably addressing here and just like a yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the guy that really like fell into a spot here and I'm not I'm not writing the uh I'm not writing the the ones that are like really carrying this thing forward. Um mm-hmm. and I think that there's probably a good amount of uh, you know, well I mean I he does have some of the best songs of the Alkaline Trio, but totally. from the internal perspective, that's probably got to depend on how you're feeling that day. Totally. And I think that's an interesting thing, too, is because, like, I've always read the song about him basically going to a therapist for the first mm-hmm. time. You know, that's kind of what it reads. But if we're going to extrapolate a out on that idea and maybe we're just pulling on threads that don't exist but let's see it's our fucking podcast yeah who cares this song this thought really just kind of came into my head it's like it could also be about him like them being courted by labels and him sitting in these weird chairs across from guys in fancy suits trying to sell like buy his band and he's not really the dude they want to buy you know um and i think to reference that warp tour clip like i've always loved that like on that dvd the two songs are radio the big crowd pleaser in this one where like he's looking out to a sea of like 13 year olds and like people in anti-flag and being like what am i doing here yeah you know i think there's a weird disparity where like maybe this song has more of a like scene-wide commentary on it than i've ever given it credit because that's not the surface read but i think that would be a very interesting yeah, play. I mean, seriously, I, I it's something that I'm sure, like, you relate to a lot being on this podcast with me, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't help but think of like all the uh, all the other tag teams in the in the history of time who have. It's inevitable. Hawk and Hawk animal. And animal. You got hawk he's dead animal he's not uh you know jeff hardy does all the cool stuff matt hardy is kind of the you know blander version but you watch out for that matt hardy he's got ideas but i um you know i this is something that i won't do often i promise i'm just like seizing the moment since we're talking about 
the podcast Road to the Skeleton Coast, available wherever podcasts are listened to. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Brendan talked about apathy and exhaustion last week and being courted by, among other labels, Vagrant. And mm-hmm. uh, saying of Vagrant that there was a little little bit of uh, a kid will make your dreams come true going into that. Yeah, that was really interesting because I had no idea they were ever... I've never heard that they were courted by Vagrant. And I knew, obviously, they were on Asian Man, signed with Fat, and I knew Grand Royal was in the conversation at a point, which would have been an even weirder thing mm-hmm. at the time, um, at least from my perspective. Oh, absolutely. But, like... When he said that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense that they are a band that would have um, been pursued by them, given their proximity to the Alkaline Trio. And I think especially, like, if there were demos of those songs of Apathy, it's like, yeah, I can see that. That makes a certain level of sense. They would have felt really off there. But, you know, as we discussed about, uh, you know, fucking really early on, you know, Vagrant was definitely trying to make people stars. Mm -hmm. And you know, is given the kind of acrimony between Alkaline True and Vagrant from basically the word go. Uh, I wonder how much is of that is in there, if anything at all. Yeah, I think that I think that it's probably pretty easy for uh, for Dan to, you know, go see a movie like Josie and the Pussycats and really relate to Rosaria Dawson's character in that where all of a sudden it's not the pussycats anymore it's josie and the pussycats and matt right up front and then dan's just in the back it almost doesn't matter i don't i don't know just just speculating make sure i'm still recording what a wonderful time to um to have you uh just kind of frozen staring at me while i go into a like oh, it's a lot like the movie josie and the pussycats <laughs> well literally the last thing i saw was you go it's a lot like josie and the pussycats and then it just froze on that and i'm like we'll see where this goes well it went somewhere and you can listen to it when this episode comes out david i think that th- i think that this is a good song it's um i think that dan is going to come back with better track threes and yeah absolutely that's part of his role in this in this uh organization is to do a good track three yeah you got so far to go is such a nice like bring down i think that this is Mm -hmm. a cool change of pace it's a different type of energy than the than the ones preceding it and it leads really nicely into stupid kid for for a guy that has really come only throwing heat in all the songs previous this to me is a dip and that's okay they they can't all be they can't all be great ones yeah i what i will say and i think to kind of my final thought on it is i think those are all very good points i agree i do like this song more than you but what i'll say is i think this is an interesting record if only because it feels like Dan's first, like, I'm writing songs and I am, like, fully in this band. Totally. And it's the first time it seems like he feels comfortable and isn't writing from a space of, like, uh, like you know, I think some of the earlier stuff, I could see how those could have maybe been Tuesday songs or something else. 
And it's interesting to see him like fully like I am a member of the Alkaline Trio. And I think that's an interesting place. Um, does it work fully? No. But do I like it? Yes. What do you rate it? I'm going to give it a four, which is higher than I thought I was going to coming in. But given how how much I feel like I had I somehow discovered I had to say about it, it's earned that spot. What about you? I give it a three, which is what i thought it would be coming in but i'm with you i think that uh we really did some nice unpacking on this one yeah really off the cuff unpacking where we went in directions i did not see coming oh man and i'm looking at you through my computer and it's a beautiful thing and it's a nice thing that i mean having just gone through six weeks of old conversations and posting <laughs> yes. them. It's really lovely to uh, sit and have a brand new one with you. I agree. This felt good. So we are glad to be back doing this. And obviously we're glad to be back talking to all you out there. And we appreciate you coming back. Invite you to come back next week for episode number 103 and invite you to tell your friends to uh, go on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We got some cool stuff over there uh, in exchange for some monetary support. Uh, maybe we could get some uh, better internet. We could probably use that. But um, yeah. it's this is a uh, this is a, a weird time for everyone and we just are glad that we're able to do this and we're able to continue doing it through strange times and we will be back next week with another one and we're looking forward to it we'll see you then thanks for Telling myself